Sisters in the Shadows is in aid of Nordif Robbins. Nordif Robbins is the largest independent music therapy charity in the UK, dedicated to enriching the lives of people affected by life-limiting illnesses, isolation or disability. Their music therapists are expertly trained to tune into each movement, reaction and expression of the individuals they work with to discover how music can enrich their lives. They are absolutely brilliant. But they receive no government funding and so rely on the generosity of their supporters. Charities like Nordif Robbins are really struggling these days and need your help more than ever. As a musician and a music lover, I know firsthand of the healing powers of music. It can lift your spirits, unite people and touch your heart in ways nothing else can. And the amazing therapists at Nordif Robbins use that power to help some of the most vulnerable people in society. If you love music and care about people, and I know you do, I ask you as a proud ambassador of Nordif Robbins Music Therapy Charity to help support their important work today. Just go to nordof-robbins.org.uk to find out more. That's nordof-robbins.org.uk. And welcome, it's me, Kaladi Three Knees Cooper. Welcome to Sisters in the Shadows, Women in Blues and Jazz. Now this is the show that shines a light on all the female stars of blues and jazz. So today's episode is dedicated to an amazing trumpeter, Clara Bryant. Born in Denison, Texas in 1927, she was self-taught after picking up her brother's trumpet when he left to join the military. In high school, she played in the marching band and was so talented, she was offered a music scholarship from two universities. She joined the Prairie View co-ed jazz band while attending Prairie View College. In 1946, she joined the all-female international Sweethearts of Rhythm and Dizzy Gillespie became her mentor. She's the only female trumpeter to play with Gillespie and Charlie Parker. In 1951, she performed with Josephine Baker and Billie Holiday, and later that year, joined an all-female band led by Ginger Smock. She recorded her first and only album, Gal With A Horn, in 1957, but spent the rest of her career as a traveling musician, performing with Louis Armstrong in Las Vegas. Aside from the trumpet, Clara also played the drums, and she could sing. And after a heart attack in 1996, she gave up the trumpet, but she continued to sing. Clara was given a Lifetime Achievement Award from the Kennedy Center in 2002 and sadly died on August the 25th, 2019 from another heart attack. 
Throughout her career, Clara played a critical role in carving a place for female instrumentalists in the male-dominated jazz world. And the rest is history. My guest today is the amazing jazz trumpeter Lily Karasek. Lily is highly sought after and has performed with the likes of Jaws Ezra and Brian May and received praise from Quincy Jones himself. When we caught up over a virtual cuppa, she told me about the positive side of lockdown. I suppose what has been great is that I've been able to practice um, where I'm living. I'm, I'm able to play at all hours, really. So, yeah. you know, some more transcriptions, some more, you know, you know just trying to shed a little bit. Um, Are you doing any online gigs? Um, I did an online festival um, and I tried Instagram I can see that. Live. Yeah, yeah, go on. Tell us about that. What was that like? Well, do you know what? Instagram Live is really stressful. I'm really oh, like... Tell me about it. Do I couldn't work it? out. Well, I've done it twice. I couldn't work out how to turn it off. <laughs> <laughs> so I was by the camera for ages going, uh, have I turned it off yet? Hello. Oh, no. there. Um, yeah, I find it, it's even more, even more stressful than a normal gig because you've not got... You know, you don't have an audience to kind of bounce off. You don't really exactly. Know what, yeah, you can't really gauge whether what you're doing is really cool or really cringy. Oh, you're really cool. You know that. <laughs> you don't need anybody to tell you that. Oh, tell me again. Yeah, you're really cool. <laughs> yeah. you're cool but the thing is, you're right. I mean, you need that audience. I mean, you get those little comments, which are really sweet, mm. but it's not quite the same, is it? Especially when it turns into um, a video and you put it on your profile, it just looks like you're mad and talking to yourself. <laughs> oh yeah. hi there's oh hi hi yeah i feel like i i'm i kind of do well in context you know like yeah. I feel that's what i'm best at is in context like in a, in a gig yeah a lot of other players and there's my part and that's you know like i feel like that's yeah. where i get most of my kicks because you can bounce that, off yeah you bounce off bit, each other exactly that's without that i feel a bit try hard really but you know what, though, you sh you've got to keep doing it. You've got to keep doing these online gigs at the moment really? because it could be, well, it could be a long time before mm. you're actually in front of a large audience or mm. any audience, you know. So well, I'm trying to, the thing is, I'm trying to think of it like being back at uni. Yeah. Um, where we didn't really gig that much and it was much more about, you know, just practicing all day, yeah. every day and then just hanging out with people in the evening. Obviously, we can't yeah. hang out with people in the evening now, but... I feel like I'm yeah. trying to think of it like that. Like it's like, wake up. Okay. What can I practice? Okay. Start to do that. Start to have routine. Yeah. How many hours a day do you practice? Uh, <laughs> honestly, or. Yeah. Um, come on, be honest. It, it, do you know what? It depends. Sometimes I can, I can do, you know, between three and four hours. Wow. And then other times I just can't practice that all, you know, really. Yeah. Depends. Something I love about the trumpet is I think it's a really honest instrument. Um, yeah you can't hide and that's what you know you can't really be jealous of other trumpet players because they've just put in work if they're incredible you know yeah what's so amazing about it really but because I'm playing the harmonica or oh, trying really? to and I kid myself when I've done like 30 minutes of practice I'm like oh I've done loads today <laughs> and then and then I hear some of my uh my musician mates who are awesome on it mm. and I think mm, oh yeah no I need to put a little bit more in the harmonica's hard though is that the chromatic one you've got yeah, I mean, I, it, it feels hard when you listen to really great accomplished players mm -hmm. and you think, but when you when you kind of get your head around it, it's not as hard as you think. Right. It's but the then, breathing thing that always gets me on harmonica. Yeah. Is, well, uh, you'd be able to play it, though, for you. <laughs> you'd, pick it, you'd pick it up in no time. Absolutely not. No, definitely not. 
Well, you don't oh, need to because you play the trumpet. <laughs> Tell me about your online festival you did. Um, I did an online festival for the, the company that I, I kind of helped sponsor them a little bit. They, yeah. they make um, music um, trumpet cases and things like that and, and yeah. like oh, wow. and stuff. They're called Beaumont Music. They're a really yeah. sweet little company. Um, and they just wanted to help out musicians in this time. So they got in touch with some people um and we just did a little like half hour presentation i think i did two one on transcribing and one on like improvising for beginners yeah um, and it was really fun like just to have some routine to have something to work towards to have um you know hopefully try and reach out to some people and and yeah. get information across but also just it was so lovely for me to have a task to do you know yeah I think that's what we're all craving for at the moment is just some exactly you know, like you accomplish something in this time and um, everybody's kind of has the same feelings about performing um online as opposed to you know with a real live audience and they're struggling with it but i can tell you this the people who are watching are really thankful mm. because you know they could sit back have a glass of wine and they're really thankful of some entertainment yeah I think in general right. I think you're right. they, you know they need to go out and be with the crowd and watch live gigs as much as we want to play them but because we can't the you know people are genuinely genuinely so happy that you you've made the effort yeah. to put on something yeah I think so, you're right and it keeps the art going we can't let it die you know that's the thing and we, we just just got to keep it going oh yeah I'm, I'm not worried about it dying i think i think what i find a bit tricky about these times is that it's very everything's virtual at the moment and, yeah. and that's great and i you know i've been zooming as much as everyone else i think what's what's a bit tricky about things being virtual though is that like on social media and stuff um people's um my, mine as well um attention spans are just a lot smaller you know oh, totally. I, think I find myself if i watch a video on instagram i can't get through an hour um, a minute yeah. sometimes you know yeah. and that's such a small amount of time because we're trying to digest everything that's that's the thing there's a lot it? of content out there you're right yeah. there's a lot of content so no, that's it's so true sit down and watch a gig like you would because you know i'm the same as everyone else i you know after a few minutes i'm like looking at my watch and thinking about yeah exactly no i agree with you and i'm so zoomed out of these zoom quizzes now i'm so <laughs> over them are you i'm like yeah. oh, I, i'm sorry i'm not doing another fancy dress fucking zoom quiz forget <laughs> it i'm not doing it yeah i don't want to do it <laughs> i'm not having it but we've just got to adapt it's that's the world at the moment and it's crazy yeah. the good thing is all these filters are coming out we can look 10 for the rest for the next 10 years <laughs> <laughs> when we get into the yeah. real world when we get into the real world we're like oh what happened okay. to you you look you look so fabulous last this week is, i mean this is probably why we're all going to start wearing masks really is that's the right how i real reason that is the real reason and I swear to God, because I'm, I'm, I, my teeth stain really badly because I drink loads of tea, loads of coffee, loads <laughs> of red wine, smoke loads, um, and so I've been wearing a mask just to hide my stained teeth. And I'm like, yeah, I'm wearing a mask. <laughs> virus. <laughs> Not really. I just need my teeth cleaned. Um, so I mean, I love. Um, so let's talk about. You know, we've touched base here on, um, and you wanted to be totally honest about 
um, you know, how you felt about your influences and because obviously essentially this is a, a woman in blues and jazz show, but that right, doesn't yeah. matter. It doesn't mean that women can't have male influences. I mean, yeah, I do, yeah, yeah. you know, and you, you one of your um, influences is, is Stevie Wonder. Mm, yeah. tell, me, tell me why what why is that what 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 was that was that one of his when you first was he one of the first sort of artists you really kind of listened to and thought oh wow you know yeah I mean like so many people I think um something I'm really thankful for is that my dad who is also a musician used to play just so much music in the house I think that's yeah. kind of the best thing you can do for your children in terms of so true about music and uh so true. he he played a lot of Stevie in the house so we we just grew up me and my sister grew up constantly listening to just a million different Stevie albums him and James Taylor who I would say are like the two yeah. other fathers I have yeah <laughs> um so I'm very, very lucky that we used to listen to a lot of him. And the best thing about Stevie, I think, is his use of melody and groove and yeah. just the joy of the music. So even though, you know, he's highly sought, you know, highly kind of appreciated among the jazz community because of yeah. his harmony and, and the, just the complexity of the music. But actually, it's so listenable and it's so accessible oh, because I, it, is. he right. reels you in with those like wonderful melodies. And, you know, I, I love him, um, you know, so much, but I, I don't think lyrics are massively his, his thing, but no. you know, it doesn't matter who cares. That doesn't matter because exactly. you just want to keep listening and listening and you want yeah, to move to it. It's absolutely addictive. I mean, something that re he really influenced me about recently was, um, I wrote a song last year for um, kind of Samaritans. I'd just come out of depression and I wanted to to kind of tell other people that were struggling with that, that, you know, there was yeah. a side to it and you could get through it. And something that um, really influenced me was his song, Living in the City, yeah, which is very obviously a very, very huge song. Um, is so about this really heavy, dark kind of um, substance. It's so depressing and so sad the story about these you know people in poverty and people of color that aren't getting a look in um, by society but the music is so uplifting and so groovy that you know there's so many people or oh, superstitions the same superstitions are, are the same. Yeah. And they just adore the song and they're kind of not even really noticing the content but it doesn't matter because the content's getting out there so the I content's getting out there and that's what's quite genius about it's, it exactly so i made this song really uplifting and try and have that same groove um kind of feeling behind it so that it was still just a song that people wanted to listen to even if it was kind of about something a bit heavy. and it's probably the best way to convey a message you know yeah an, it's a really... an uplifting you know beat and bass and then give some you know hardcore messages there and eventually exactly. it'll sink into the you know the old subconscious totally it's the power of just a good music being good music whether yeah. it's heavy content or whether it's you know like the, the fact that he wrote happy birthday about martin martin luther king day yeah. and managing to get that out and and that make that a thing i know um, through music and through this such uplifting music that then has become a whole other thing now that people sing it for every birthday you know it's that's so true it's i don't think you know i don't think a lot of people well i'm sure a lot of people did know how how political he really was mm. he was so political and he did it in a very clever way yeah it was just through joy always through joy i think that's what i really got from him was and James Taylor does that as well, in a way, you know, like Fire and Rain is, is yeah. such a heavy song, but it's also 
a lot of people's favorite pop songs of that time, you know, and a lot of people probably maybe don't know a lot of the content behind it if they're not interested in it, I suppose. But yeah. it doesn't matter. And that's but thing. everybody loves a Stevie Wonder song. This is know? it. That's it's, the it's thing. Everybody loves a Stevie Wonder song. And everybody knows a Stevie Wonder song. <laughs> yeah. Now, who do you feel today uh, is coming through, Lily, on the scene? Um, um, oh my, my shining. Other than yourself, time. other than yourself, obviously. Um, yeah. Who do you feel? <laughs> Um, I think it's a great time to be a musician. I think yeah. there's so much go out there that's of, of really good quality. Um, some people that I know and really appreciate, Chelsea Carmichael, a tennis yeah. player. Sheila Maurice Gray is a phenomenal trumpet player yeah. um, who is involved in Coco Rocco and um, the rest, you know, uh, Shirley. Have they come through Tomorrow's Warriors? Um, yeah. Sheila has, yeah. So is Nabaya yeah. Garcia, who's also doing amazing things. Shirley Tete, um, guitarist. Um, other musicians, Alex Riddow is, is yeah. a wonderful trumpet player, award-winning trumpet player, I think. Sarah Tandy, pianist. Um, Rosie Turton is phenomenal. Rachel Cohen, sax player. There's just so many. So many. Have trumpet. you played with any of these guys? Or is it you aspire to? You want to play with them or...? Yeah, I've played with some of some of them. Yeah. Um, I've been lucky enough to, to play in some bands, or I, I studied with a couple of them, which which was a wonderful experience for me. You know, I'm just always learning from people. Yeah, you should get a band together. <laughs> get a solid band together. Um, it's a lot of work. <laughs> it is a lot of work. It is a lot of work. I don't know if I could hack it. I'd love to. Hack it. Well, I did. I had a band with um, Chelsea and the Buyer a long time ago. Um, yeah. I'm sure they've maybe not quite forgiven me for that yet but <laughs> it was I'd it love was to wonderful. see you guys I'd love to see you guys on stage that yeah way. it's it I mean it, you what's wonderful about being in a band with with people is learning from them you know like yeah I think I was very um very lucky to have Chelsea and the buyer in a band with me I just was constantly trying to learn from them and still am but and they'll um, be learning from you because you know, as an artist, we all have our own styles and we all have our own, you know, take on things. And you can learn so much from each other. You know, yeah. you could admire someone, you know, yourself could go, oh, yeah, they're amazing. I'm learning from them. But actually, in fact, in actual fact, they're learning from you, too. You know? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, hopefully. I think something I, I remember when I was in a big band um, up north uh, way back when, I think I... Um, someone told me the best position to be was to be the worst in a, in a band. Um, and I've always thought about that. You That's know, me with my band. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a good well, the guys would say that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe it. I think it's, it's a valuable lesson. And I, and I try and think about that in every, in every position I'm in, in every band that I join, because yeah. it's so, it's so wonderful to, to feel like, Obviously not that you're the worst, I would never say that, but, you know, no. to feel like you can be constantly picking things up from people around you and, to you know, have something to practice for. I mean, that's yeah. one of the reasons why I was ever in bands. My dad was kind of a pushy um, uh, musician father and, and really was in, you know, I kind of wasn't allowed an instrument until I was in bands, so I could kind of earn my place. I like that. Yeah. Well, I, I, I like that. Now. That's... <laughs> No, that's good. He's teaching you and said, look, why, why should I get you, you know, get you an instrument unless you're serious about it? Well, totally. And it was more like, and, and something that I've kept with me was, was the lesson of why are you going to have an instrument if you're not going to share it? If you're not going to play with other people, what's the point? You know, and I think yeah. even though there's a lot of, you know, quote unquote bedroom musicians now who are also phenomenal, I think that's something I try and remember is, you know, 
what are you doing with music? It's, it's great that you want to learn to be good at something, but also what's it for? Like, what are you going to yeah. do with it? Um, so, I, yeah, I was in a lot of bands growing up. And, and, and who inspired you? Was it your dad or who inspired you to play the trumpet? Um, I mean, you could have picked up any instrument. Why the trumpet? Well, what, what, what attracted you to it? Um, I'm not, I didn't know a lot of trumpet players, to be honest, but my dad brought home, he was one of those, um, just could play everything. Everything was very easy. Oh, I want to meet your dad. I know, he's a bit of, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, I'm joking. Um, he picked up the lots and lots of instruments, and one of them was, he brought home a tuba one day, and, wow. uh, I just had a little go on it, obviously, and I kind of just had a lip for it. Like, obviously, I've I've tried mm. the tuba since, and it's a very difficult instrument to accomplish at any level. Right. But um, but I think I, there was something there. There was some kind of embouchure that I could kind of work out quite quickly, and so I had to join the more. You got a passion band. for it straight yeah, away. I had, it was it. just some natural element because it's yeah. a physical instrument. I think it's very difficult to power through with it if there's not something natural there that comes a little bit easier because otherwise you know it's it's can be really brutal so um yeah. well I've tried to, to play it I can't so I mean I try and blow my own trumpet all the time Lily but yeah I'm sure you do that's how that's how Louis Armstrong started really he just just started to blow something and that was it he just got that passion and you know, yeah, yeah, apparently. I mean, I think there's a lot of trumpet players around him at the time. I think, especially in, in well, in New Orleans, in America, it's a totally different culture around music anyway. Yeah. I think there's a lot more um, appreciation for musicians than there is here. It's kind of... Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so anyway, I, I kind of joined the local brass band and, and was able to borrow the cornet there and, and kept through it throughout some years, then started doing jazz and the rest is history. And the rest is history and you're bloody fantastic. <laughs> Do you feel, I mean, do you feel it's still hard for female artists to shine through today and, you know, feel like it's still a male dominated scene or do you feel male artists are more supportive or still, um, you know? Yeah, I think, I think there's, it's definitely, there's definitely more men in, in music than there are women. Um, yeah. To be honest, I think a lot of that's just to do with, um, you know, the bigger societal question, which I don't have an answer for, which is why more women or more men, sorry, pick up instruments at a younger age. I think it's to do with the bigger system, to do with much, much bigger questions with, you know, like, yeah. I think younger boys can get away with looking a bit foolish sometimes, or if they play an instrument and they kind of skip a note or they don't play very well and have egg on their face why do they feel like they can continue with it a bit more easily than maybe girls do i think yeah um, girls seem to i mean they are more they're attracted to different things at that age really aren't they yeah you know, i think there's girls. a bit more i think when you're a teenager there's you know all societal like social pressures is bottlenecked and you you know i know that i was massively embarrassed at a normal you know normal state school um maybe it was a bit rough around the edges and doing wind band practice on a friday and you yeah. know and seeing lots of cooler girls walk out the walk out the school gates kind of freer i felt really embarrassed and really yeah, but they can't play the trumpet like you they, so. they can't they can't <laughs> but it didn't feel like that was a big at the time one. yeah and, I, uh, I think you know like... i think it's it that's really the bigger issue. And I, I don't know how you overcome it. I think it's a much bigger thing. And I, you know, that's much more Jermaine's, uh, Jermaine Greer's um, expertise really. Yeah. But I think once you pass that and, you know, I was lucky 
I had a friend who um, was also a girl and played the saxophone and she gave a no fucks. So she kind of paved the way for me a little bit. Um, yeah. It was great. And my, obviously my parents were really supportive. So I was really... Oh, I'm glad they, I'm really glad they... Yeah, they, that, that really, really helped. Um, and I think now for me, the issues tend to be more with positive discrimination or, you know, I think something that is often forgotten is... You know, I know that there are some gigs that I get booked for, maybe because of the way that I look. And yeah, you look fantastic. <laughs> well, because I'm a girl and I can fit into a pair of high heels, maybe. But yeah. I think what I think some men maybe forget, if they, you know, if they're feeling a bit, you know, if they take umption with the fact that I get those gigs, I think maybe they need to remember. I'm also thinking, oh, have I only got this because I'm a girl? And that's something that men don't have to deal with so much I think is yeah I, think, I know what you're saying it's like am I getting this on the merits of the way I look but clearly not you're getting it on your talent yeah but I think I have to so. keep remembering that but you know I think that's that's now I, the issue I have with it is sometimes thinking you know looking over the back of my shoulder and going have I really got this because I'm the best for the job so I think that's something that it's also just my issue. I just need to get over that. But yeah, I mean, you know, what's the problem with um, a woman musician looking her best? You know, we don't have to dress dowdy just in order to prove that we're we're good at something. I know. I know this director. She's amazing. She's she's Scottish, and she's won awards. She's huge. When she goes to set, she directs now little red high shoes, little mini skirt. And she's like, oh, right. Okay. Turn and action. You know, but when she walks on set, people are like, is this the director? What? Shouldn't <laughs> she right. be wearing a pair of Doc Martens and a baseball yeah. cap? And why should she? You know, yeah. she's talented. She can do what she wants. Wow, that's you, awesome. keep, you know, and I love the way you brought glamour to it. Well, you Sexy, know. Sexy. And why not? Yeah. I mean, it's something that it's, it's taken me a long time to kind of figure my own way of, of, I don't know, bringing femininity to, to what I do. I think for a yeah. long time in jazz, definitely, I felt like I had to hide the feminine and I had to really be yep. tomboy. And I, I did, that. you know, there's there'll people, <laughs> there'll be people I know that will listen to this and laugh because I used to only wear baseball caps on gigs. Yeah, you know, yeah I've done that a few times. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, there's some of that. And um, when I started doing DJ Live, which is, you know, just playing playing along to a DJ and kind of a commercial high-end event maybe. Yeah. And that's, you'd really have to be uber glam. Yeah. And it took me a really long time. I know some of my friends that started. Did you those. feel embarrassed at first, you think? Oh, I felt really out of my comfort zone because in my head, I was like, okay, I need to be sexy. And that's yeah. a really weird thing to think about, you know, how, do, yeah. how does anyone look sexy? That's such a weird concept. Did, so. did you get any comments like, wow, you're absolutely gorgeous. I mean, are you actually playing the trumpet? Like they couldn't figure out that you're so gorgeous and you're playing this trumpet absolutely amazingly. Because if there was a guy looking all dressed up and so handsome, yeah. you know, designer beard, look absolutely gorgeous, and he started playing the trumpet, nobody would say anything. Yeah, just I know. think he's a great <laughs> trumpet player. Yeah, yeah. That's you know? But that's why you should keep um, yeah, yeah. making it glamorous. You know, you know what's funny is um, I did actually uh, recently, I did some spotlight gig or something at a, a club in, in central London. And someone, I, I did like a spotlight three minute tune or something. I was all dressed to the nines. I come off the stage and someone like kind of tapped me on the shoulder and I turned around in the corridor and he said, um, you know, big suited guy, very um, gelled back hair. And he, and he goes, um, um, was that you really playing the trumpet? I, I just, I'm sorry, I just don't believe it. So here's 20 quid. Can you just play me something now and I'll give you 20 quid? 
And I just couldn't believe my interest. <laughs> Amazing. So I took the 20, 20 quid and left. You should have said, well, I'll take the 20 quid and I'll take my clothes off because that's what I really do. I'm just miming the trumpet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a different podcast, to be honest. Yeah, I can't wait to come and see you. Now, I know you've got a couple of funny stories, Lily, to share with us. Go on, tell us one. Oh, God. On your gigs. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, that I... was a funny story anyway. <laughs> tell us another one. I did... Um... One of the first DJ Live gigs I ever got the opportunity to do, um, which was um, I played for the the night before the Grand Prix in Monaco. Yeah. I got to play on a super yacht. And I know a few of my friends have been able to do this. It's quite an amazing, amazing gig of just, oh my God, wealth <laughs> unknown. Wealth. Um, and uh, went to do this gig with a group of girls and... Yeah, we were playing the night before the Grand Prix. I think wow, David that's a great was there. Too. Like some of these amazing, like just celebrity beyond, were were at loads of these these super yacht gigs. Yeah, and um, we were playing on one, and you know everyone was there, champagne everywhere, just these beautiful leather sofas on the super yacht. You know, sunset. Yeah. We're we're playing this really beautiful set. You know, very chilled, and yeah. then the power goes, um, which is the last thing you expect to happen on one of these super yachts. And everyone, obviously, people are starting to get a bit, you know, irate about it. So me and the percussionist, um, a girl called Holly Madge, who's phenomenal, uh, we decided to go to the front of the stage and we just start blasting out like Wonderwall and everyone joins in, <laughs> the singers help us out, everyone's going for it. And suddenly it's gone from, you know, hundreds of thousands of pounds to, you know, your, your Saturday night at the local bingo, you know. But it was, it was lovely. Really That's lovely. brilliant. <laughs> yeah. That is absolutely, well, you saved the day, basically. Well, music saved the day. Yeah. No, you're fantastic. <laughs> Please check Lily's Instagram out. Um, say your Instagram, Lily. Uh, but it's just Lily Karasik, which is my name. It's L-I-L-Y-C-A-R-A-S-S-I-K. Yeah, follow her. She's phenomenal and gorgeous at the same time. Well, I really hope to see you soon at a gig. You've been amazing. Thank you so much. Loads of love. Now get bloody practicing. Don't be lazy. Oh, that was the brilliant and lovely, talented Lily Karasik. That's the show for this week, guys. Sisters in the Shadows was presented by me, Colette Cooper, and is a Pop People production. Thank you to the gorgeous Mikey Hansen and the gorgeous Jake Trappy for all their help. This podcast is in aid of Nordif Robbins, so please help support this wonderful charity any way you can. I'll be in your feed again next Friday. So I'll see you then. Have a great weekend. Loads of love. Bye. <laughs>